tonight, the title of the, the message is, I wanted fun, but God gave me fulfillment. And I want to start with that question. Well, what is fun? What's fun? What's fun for you? What do you define as fun? You know, some people would uh, find sports fun. Some people would find food fun. Uh, some people would find exercise fun. I don't understand. Um, to define fun in the dictionary, it, it, it's defined as this, a source of enjoyment, amusement, or pleasure. Now, I don't want to put anyone on the spot, and, and I'm not going to go, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to bury them by themselves, but I, with this person, uh, very much enjoyed this video. Is it, <laughs> I think James knows what the video is, because, oh, sorry, did I say it was James? This is one of our funnest videos. Is this it? This is the music. No, it's not as fun without the music. Pause it. Do it again. I hope your business isn't like this, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right? get the point, right? All right. Now, James and I, we watch, it's a one-minute clip. It just, that's all it does for one minute. And I think we watched it for a good nearly hour when we first watched it. It was James's idea. You know, people find all sorts of things fun. Uh, one thing I learned in Cambodia was Min uh, likes to run. And she not just enjoy, like, not just like thinks it's a good idea, but really enjoys it. Uh, Chris, my son, we were driving and there was a sign and it said, Linfield Fun Run. And Chris goes, what's that? And I said, that's a lie. <laughs> There's no such thing as a fun run. Okay. As Christians, we, we get criticized. We, we, we get criticized a lot about uh, not being fun. We get criticized about being the fun police. We're too boring. Yeah. Too many rules and regulations. You're not allowed to have fun. This is the church. We're meant to read the Bible and pray. But I realize that uh, that external concept of Christianity is actually very uh, wrong. Uh, actually, when we read the Bible, we see that it was God in his creation that not only created the world, but, but actually created the concept of enjoyment and fun within that. There's a document that represents a lot of Christian circles, and it's called the Westminster Catechism. And it's a summary of, of, of the most important beliefs in Christianity. And the first question is, what is the chief end of man, chief goal of man? Which is like, what, what, what's the main purpose of man in life, according to the Bible? And this is the answer, that the, 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 the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Enjoy Him forever. Enjoy Him forever. God created us in the universe that He created us within. He created us so that we could enjoy, that we could have fun. When you look at the world we live in, just if you just think about creation, I'm not a mountain person, but they're beautiful. You know, I'm a beach person. They're real beautiful, you know. God allows us to enjoy 
the things that he's created. Snow, uh, nature, food. And God is definitely not a boring God. I think God is a very creative God, very adventurous God. And he's a God that knows enjoyment. But in the very early of our history of mankind, man took fun and enjoyment, this idea that God had given to us. And man tried to redefine it and tried to change the definition of it. And I want to go to Genesis chapter 3, and this is our passage for today. And just to give you a bit of context about where this is, this is right at the beginning of the Bible. God has just created the universe. Okay, Genesis 1, God just created the universe. Okay, Genesis 2, you know, we go back and we see God's creation of man, of male and female. You know, Adam and Eve had just been created. They, they, they had the privilege of sitting there and naming the animals, we think. And God says to them, go and enjoy the world that I have created. Go and rule it. It's all yours to play with. And if you think about it, what an amazing playground. Mel went to New Zealand last year, and she, she goes, have you ever seen a glacier? And I was like, no, I've only read about those things. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even know they were real. These, these beautiful things that, that exist in our world, and, and God told Adam and Eve, go and enjoy. And God gives one rule, and, and he says, just don't eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. And that's how God sets up creation. So there's creation, there's man and woman in creation. It says, go and enjoy the world. Just don't eat from this tree and you have the best time of your life. And this is where we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Verse 4, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And the man and wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Verse 11, and he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And then the man said, the most manly thing that any man can say, the woman 
She told me to do it. She gave me some fruit from the tree and ate it. And then the, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, it was the snake. The snake made me do it. And this is the fall of man. But what I want to show you tonight in this passage is, is, is what was the downfall? What was the downfall of man? You know, what was, what was it, the disobedience? Was it the idea of blaming each other? Like, like where, where did it all go wrong? What we see in this story is, is, is a redefining of the word enjoyment and fun. Right? Verse 6, then the, then the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took, it and ate, uh, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. See, what you need to understand about this story, and, and, you know, we do hear a lot about, like, sin and and things like that, but one of the things we need to understand is God said, right, what God said was, look, I'm going to create this universe. I'm going to create this world for you. And I'm going to put you, man and woman, I'm going to put you at the top. And you have authority to rule over the whole world. You can do whatever you want. You You can eat. You can drink, you you can play with animals, whatever. And it's all there for you. Uh, But what Adam and Eve did was they took what God defined as fun or what God defined as enjoyment in His creation and they chose to decide for themselves, well, pretty much, they chose to redefine what fun is. Redefine what enjoyment was. Now, do you know what the most fun thing in the world is? The most fun thing in the world is as simple as this. To do whatever you want. You know, we all like different things, but if you really think about the most funnest thing, and I know that's not a real word, but I'll just use it anyway. The most funnest thing in the world, it's to do whatever you want. That's the most fun thing that you can do. It's not following anyone else's rules, but it's to be your own master. That is fun because it feels good. See, that's what the world tells us, right? If it feels good, do it. Just do it. Right? Don't tell anyone... Don't let anyone tell you how to live your life. Be the master of your own destiny. Think different. Do you guys know where that comes from? Think different. No? James J? It's Apple. Do you know that's the slogan of Apple? It's not rule the world. (laughs) James J. Three years in Apple, mate. The world tells you you're different. You can do anything. You can do anything you want because you're worth it. No? L'Oreal? Because you're worth it? No? Okay. Does it look good? Get it. Does it smell good? Buy it. Does it taste good? Eat it. Why? Because the burgers are better at Hungry Jack's. Yes. Being the master of our own lives 
being able to define ourselves what is fun, what we should enjoy. You know, it seems like a great concept, but actually, if you take that concept and put it back to the Bible, there's another word for it. It's called sin. Because that's exactly what sin is. It's rebelling from God's definition of what He gave you. It's fun and fulfilling. And it's choosing to do whatever I want to do. See, so many of us, we engage in sin because we think it's fun. And can I tell you, sin, sin's fun. They say if, if, you're, if you're sinning and it's not fun, you're just not doing it right. <laughs> but the problem with sin is, it's an illusion. It's an illusion of fun. It's an illusion of uh, satisfaction. See, for, for, for a period of time, sin may be fun. Making your own decisions for yourself might be fun, but, but that never lasts that long. You know, like rebelling from God and what God has created us to be and to do and choosing to do whatever we want to do, being the masters of our own universe, in, in theory, it seems like so much fun. We do whatever you want. That's great. But, but in reality, it's actually not that fun. Now, I just want to use some examples around the world. You know, we think that rebelling God is, is freedom. And we see so many people living this life of so-called freedom, and yet they're so-called addicted. It's not freedom. It's hard to hear people say, man, I, I was so drunk last night that I vomited all over my couch and it felt so good. And I just want to do it again tonight. You don't want to pass out and I don't want to remember what I did last night because that was the best thing ever. You know, you don't really hear things like that. Man, I am so happy because even though... I'm married, I met this girl at the pub, and we went home together, and it felt so good, and she was so attractive, and my marriage now is over, but it was worth it because it was fun. You don't really hear that either. You know, the, what the world tells us is fun. Go out there and be your own master. Go and do whatever you feel like. They said it uh, doesn't seem like very much fun. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of freedom in it. And this is what happens with Adam and Eve. They disobey God by trying to take control back, by being the masters of their own universe, by trying to define what is right and wrong and defining what fun is in their life. And, and the first thing that happens when they eat from the apple is what? Their eyes are open and they realize they are naked. They are naked. You know, uh, we have three children. And I think probably even my two youngest children now, they can be walking around the home, no clothes on, no problem, right? And, and, and there's this interesting um, little 
season that I had with my, my eldest son where he was like that too. And then one day, we told him to get changed, and he said, okay. And he took his clothes into the bathroom to get changed. I thought, what? Like, yesterday, you would, you would have just dropped your dax, got fully naked in front. It didn't matter who was there. And then suddenly, there's this point where he worked out that he was naked, and being naked was shameful. It was funny. We never told him that. We never taught him that. Schools don't tell you that. But inside of him, something just clicked over. See, for Adam and Eve, they, 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 they disobeyed God. They took the, the apple and they ate it. And the first thing that they realized, it wasn't even like, oh, my God, I've done something bad. You know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, what have we done? It was, oh, my God, it's quite chilly outside. <laughs> There's a nice breeze, but why am I so cold? I've got no pants on. And it, it's this idea that they suddenly realized that they were naked and that it was shame in that. See, they thought, man, if I eat this, I'm going to be like God. I'm going to have the ability to work out what right and wrong is. And they felt like they could be like God and have that freedom. But actually, it didn't become freeing, but it became shameful. And so we see that they, not only do they work out that they're naked, but, but then they go to hide. They, they um, sew fig leaves together, and, and they dress themselves in, in uh, leaves. See, friends, this is what sin does. This is what sin does. We think in that moment, like, this is the most funnest thing in the world. I'm just going to indulge, and this is going to be fantastic. It's going to taste good. It's going to feel good. It's going to be fantastic. But what sin leaves us is with an amazingly horrible hangover. It leaves us naked. Brings us to a place of shame and embarrassment. Friends, ironically, there, there is no freedom in sin. There's no freedom in sin. You know, the, the Bible tells us that you, you, you're either a slave to sin or, or slave to God. And sometimes we think that rebelling from God and walking away from God, that, that we're going to be free. No, no, no. You just put yourself in a place of sin. There's no freedom and there's no joy. I once heard this phrase, if, if something's fun today, but it's not fun tomorrow, well, then it's not really fun. If something's fun today, but it's not fun tomorrow, then it's not really fun. And the other one is, if it's fun for me, but if it's not fun for the people around me, well, that's not really fun either. See, Adam and Eve, the, the, the fun activity of eating the fruit, well, it didn't liberate them from God. It, it separated them from God. It put a barrier between the creator and the creation. So they find themselves naked. They find themselves ashamed. You know, they, they see, they, they hear God in the garden. They hear God, God who just made them and God who just gave them the universe. They hear him and instead of running to God, they run away from God. This is what sin does. They find themselves blaming each other. 
How good's that? This is what sin does. It's all what we call smokes and mirrors. It's an illusion. It's a facade that says, yes, this is the fun life. But realistically, it's uh, temporary at best. But see, when we wanted fun, and when we wanted enjoyment, God chose to give us more. He decided to give us fulfillment. The idea to be full. Not fun, but full. See, the world promises fun, but God promises fulfillment. God gives us a purpose in our lives, gives us a reason to live, gives us a joy that we can't find in this world. God allows us to have the greatest life possible, the most fun, which is fulfillment. See, Jesus says, and, and, and I think this is where people have it wrong about religion or about Christianity. You know, Jesus himself says, I have come that, that they may have life and, and have it to the full. I don't know if you've been in this situation before, but having a life of purpose, knowing what you're doing, being solid in your identity, knowing who you are, being satisfied in, in, in your purpose and your mission in life, your existence of why you exist, knowing why you, why you need to wake up in the morning. Now, that's fulfillment. And can I tell you, that is a, a deeper level of enjoyment or fun than anything that this world has to give. There is nothing more greater than waking up knowing who you are, why you exist, what you've got in front of you, and to know that you can do what God has given because He's the one that's given it to you. You know what real fun is? Real enjoyment? It's doing something that you're proud of. Something that doesn't have to be hidden. Something that you don't have to be ashamed about. It's to live a life that is not ashamed of our nakedness and sin, but one that is clothed in the righteousness of God. So Isaiah 6.10 reads, I greatly delight, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation and array, uh, arrayed me, arrayed me? In a robe of his righteousness, as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. See, this is what Jesus did. So we were naked. We were naked in our sin. We were naked in our shame. And God said, you know what? I love my people. I love my children, and I don't want them to continue to live this life of temporary joy. And so God sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross to cover up our sin and to give us clothing to cover up our nakedness. 
And so it says to, to cover us with, with garments of salvation and a robe of righteousness. And we get to live in this world not ashamed of who we are, not naked in our sin, but we get to, we get to live confidently and boldly in the righteousness of God that, that, is, that has clothed us. Nothing to be proud of in ourselves, but this is the grace of God. See, the world tells us you, you just need to go and have fun. And you know what? Like, I look at uh, celebrities. You know, you look at the richest people in the world. You look at the people that are the most famous people in the world. And, and you think that riches and, and fame and fortune and, and power you know, they would be the most fun people in the world. And yet the reality is they're so empty. And you think, how can you have that much money and not be fulfilled? How can you be that famous and not be complete? And that's when we realize that it's not about the fame and fortune. That's not the hole in our lives. That's not the gap in our lives that stops us from living the full life. It's the gap between man and God. It's this idea of living with God or living without God. See, with God, through His Son, Jesus, we get to live this bold life because He has clothed us. Romans 6.22 But now that you have been set free from sin, and have become slaves of God, the benefit you, re you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin, wages of sin, that's my bad, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know what the most fun thing is? It's to be able to do it over and over and over again, and for it to continue to be fun. You know what the most fun thing is? Is eternal life. To be in the presence of God, to enjoy Him forever. To not be ashamed about who we are or the life that we live. To just live courageously and boldly. That's real enjoyment. So what I want to challenge you is this idea of, well, it really comes down to a choice. It's a choice of whether you want to define what's fun for you, what's meaningful for you, what's fulfilling and satisfying for you, or you want to allow God to define that for you. As said, the majority of the world, they choose to be the masters of their own universe. That's their choice. Can't, can't help that. But track record shows that it's, uh, it's not that good. You know, it's... It's like Instagram, you know, you, you see the 1% of your life. But with God, you might not see that 1%, but you, the 99 that, that you don't see is so good. I really want to challenge you. It's not a question of, you know, what's fun and what's not fun. It's a question of whether you trust God. And when God says, look, this is fun. Eternal life is fun. Life with me is fulfilling and enjoyable. It's a question of whether you can trust Him. It's a question of whether you believe that.
whether you choose that for yourself. I'm sure there's many of us that have indulged in some sort of, all of us really, have indulged in some sort of fun in this world. And just take a moment to really think about that for a moment. How did that end for you? You know, uh, the last time where you sinned, like knowingly sinned, knowingly uh, disobeyed God, knowingly chose to be the own, you know, be the decision maker in your life. Like, have a think about that and, and how did that end for you? Did it end with you going, oh my God, that was the best decision in my life. Never regret it. No regrets. <laughs> have you seen that tattoo? You know, I think one of the funniest ones is is tattoos, and I'm not against tattoos. I don't think that the Bible really cares about tattoos. That's just my personal perspective. But I always wanted a tattoo, and I wanted the, (laughs) this sounds really Australian, patriotic. I wanted the Southern Cross on my shoulder blade. I know, right? (laughs) Albert's laughing because Albert's got one. If anyone in this, in this church has got a Southern Cross tattoo, it's you, Albert Chang. And I wanted to put it on my shoulder blade, and then I wanted to put our cross, the crucifix, on top of that. And for me, it was, it was defining who I was, and it was defining what I lived for. So who I was, I'm a, I'm a proud Australian, I'm a proud Christian. And what do I live for? I live for the, the mission of Christ, and I live that, that mission exists in this nation. So it's very meaningful, right? But there's a reason why I never got it. Because when I was really excited, I think I was excited about it for at least five years. I used to tell my wife all the time, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And the, 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 it, it tipped over a point where I said, okay, you know what? I'm not going to get this. And it was this. It was as much as it's going to be fun to get it now, when my kids grow up and they go, Dad, what's that on your back? And I have to explain that to my kids. Uh, I didn't think it'd be very fun. It, it didn't seem like an enjoyable uh, experience to have to tell my kids what I thought was fun at that time. You know, sometimes you sin and you have to deal with the consequences of that. If you've got a tattoo and you have to explain that to your kids, then... So be it. Good luck with that. But that's the thing about worldly fun. It just doesn't last. What God gives to us as an alternative, well, actually what God gave to us right from the beginning was eternity of enjoyment. An eternity where we could just sit underneath the presence of God, allow Him to deal with our biggest problems and struggles, and we just get to sit there. And sadly, even though we walked away, as, as, as mankind walked away, God did not let us go. And through Jesus, we have an opportunity to go back to Him. So I want to ask you, what's fun for you? What's fun for you today? Where are you going to have fun? Where are you? What are you doing to fulfill this emptiness inside of your life? And if it's the things of this world, which it is for a lot of us, how's that going for you? Is that really working out for you? And maybe if you can come to the realization that maybe there's nothing in this world that can really satisfy us or or fulfill us, then maybe at that point, maybe you want to go back to the source. And that's what I want to encourage you today. 
have a real think about where you're getting all this stuff. And if you've got nowhere else to go, if you've tried everything and then just it's not doing it for you, then maybe, maybe today you might want to give God a go. A God that loves you. A God that is almighty and powerful. A God that is in control. And a God that we can trust because he's a good God. Let's pray.